You are listening to audio provided by FBC Farwell. To find more resources or to donate to this ministry, please check out fbcfarwell.org. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. We're going to be in verses 1 through 5 this morning. Continue in our series on hope. Rejoicing in hope. Now remember, last week I gave you a definition of hope. Biblical hope, it is the confident assurance, the unshakable confidence in the trustworthiness of God. The unshakable confidence, the assurance in the trustworthiness of God, no matter the circumstances, you and I, brothers and sisters in Christ, we can have hope. Listen, this week, as Chelsea has already said, this has been a tough week uh, um, for, for many, the majority, maybe not for everyone in here, but for the majority or for everyone watching online, but for the majority of those that here, this has been a tough week. Here's how we can have joy. Here's how we can have peace by placing our hope in Jesus Christ. Not just for our eternity, and that's key, that's, a, that's incredibly important, that's eternal, that has eternal significance, but I'm talking about even today, we can place our hope recognizing that our joy and our peace can ultimately only come in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. Romans chapter 5 is going to be our text this morning. Let me read it and then... Um, We'll come back and we'll unpack it. Here's what it says. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, and there's some explanation leading up to this uh, that I don't have time to go into, but just talking about being justified in Christ um, uh, by faith. He says, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through Him by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. What we have been doing this morning, worshiping God, is we have been rejoicing in the glory of God, in the hope of the glory of God. That's what we do when we, when we praise God for our salvation. We're rejoicing in that eternal Hope, But look at what he says. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions. But we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character. And proven character produces what? Hope. A confident assurance in the faithfulness of God Almighty. Verse 5, this hope, underline this, highlight this in your Bible, this hope will not disappoint us. This hope, this confident assurance in the faithfulness and the trustworthiness of God will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Father, will you speak to us this morning? Will you open our eyes so that we may contemplate, so that we may Understand so that we may comprehend the wondrous things from your 
powerful word. God, this is your word for us today. God, I pray whatever might be running through our mind, what's what's going on, what plans that we have later on this afternoon or this week, God, I pray that all of that would get set aside and may we give you our full and undivided attention. In Jesus' precious and holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. Have you ever placed your hope in something only to be disappointed. You ever placed your hope in something only to be disappointed? Um, when I was 16 years old, um, my mom was dating this guy that told me that he was going to buy the coolest car in the 80s. I'm telling you, it was cool. It was the IROC Z. Anybody remember the IROC Z? Man, it was the coolest car. It, even though I had a chick, it was a chick magnet. All right? You follow me? It was, it was the car. It would go fast. It was cool. It was sleek. It was everything. I had placed my hope in getting that car. My mom, which I have not forgiven her since, would not let him buy me that car. She ended up, he ended up buying me a yellow Datsun. <laughs> not a chick magnet. Almost a chick detractor, like put like she was not impressed whatsoever, only by the grace of God she stuck with me with my yellow dots. And that had like a like they had plastered over the dry I guess there was a wreck at one time and the plaster had fallen off. So it was like two tone, you know? It wasn't just plain, yellow, it was two tone. It was yellow and primer gray. That's a silly example, but have you ever placed your hope in something? Only to find out later on that it had no ability of bringing you joy and peace. And how, how discouraging that is. How, how, how deflating that is. And listen, sometimes, sometimes it's not in something and sometimes it's not in somebody else. Sometimes we place our hope in our own self and we let ourself down and it is discouraging and deflating. And we give up because I thought I could do that. Or I've tried to do that. I've, I've committed to do this over and over and over again. And I fell and I fell and I fell and I fell and I fell. So I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to, to give up. Misplaced hope is, and I said this last week, but we need to hear it again. Misplaced hope is the leading cause of cynicism, bitterness, and joylessness. Misplaced hope. Placing our hope in a IROC Z and getting a Datsun will cause you to be joyless. Placing your hope in, your, in yourself or in someone else to bring you joy or in, or in, in the temporary things of this life and, and it doesn't actually bring you joy and it most certainly doesn't bring you peace. Misplaced hope. It's the leading cause of synonyms. Sorry. Help me. Cynical. Cynicism. Thank you. Sorry. It wouldn't come out. It's just cynical. Cynicism. There we go. Cynicism. Misplaced hope. It's the leading cause of that. It's joylessness. Leading leading cause of, of, of bitterness. I'm not talking about the, the hope so, the wishful thinking, the, uh, the desire we have those. 
Uh, I'm talking about placing our hope in something to give us joy and peace. Last week I asked you this question, what are you trusting in to bring you joy and peace? I hope you, I hope you took some time to, to think through that. I hope you possibly even made a list, like what are some things that I'm, I'm placing my hope in to bring me joy and peace? And then I made this statement, if the answer to that question has an expiration date, then when it expires, cynicism, bitterness, joylessness will come and comfort you. And when cynicism, bitterness, and unforgiveness comes, they reveal what we have placed our hope in. But let me ask you a question. Let me, let me drill down on that and let's put some application to that question. A little more application to that. Here's the question. What has God given you to enjoy? What has God given you to enjoy? But you're trying to make it more than enjoyment. It has become the source of your joy. Let me say it again. Let me ask you a question again. What has God given you to enjoy, but you're trying to make it more than enjoyment? It's become the source of your joy. Think about it. What has God given you to enjoy? He's given you uh, your health. He's given you your, your family. Uh, he's given you uh, your, your, your job, and you might think, well, that's not a joy. <laughs> I don't enjoy that, but, but maybe so. Hopefully, hopefully so. He's given you uh, uh, friends. He's given you family. I mean, <clears throat> the list goes on and on and on. Money, a house, a, a career, hobbies, uh, good food. I mean, have you ever thought about that? God gives us food to enjoy. I mean, He's, he's given us this taste buds. This is why, this is why uh, COVID is demonic, because it, you know, it takes away your taste, right? Not only that's the part of demonic, but that's a big part of it. It's, it's, listen, God has given us this gift to be able to taste food, and, and He's given us this gift to, to enjoy. I mean, I think God has given us the blessing of coffee, right? To enjoy. Uh, good economy. God's given us a good economy to in, enjoy. But what happens when we, when we take the things that God has given us, and nothing wrong with any of those things, and the list could go on and on and on, and you could go deeper into each one of those categories. There's nothing wrong with any of those, but what happens when God gives us something to enjoy, and we make it an ultimate thing that is to bring us joy? What happens when that thing is gone? When we take something that God has given us to enjoy and we make it an ultimate source of joy and it's gone, then bitterness sets in, joylessness sets in, um, anger sets in, cynicism sets in. I want you to write this statement down. What I have been given to enjoy can never be the source of my joy. Let me say it again. What you and I have been given to enjoy can never be the source of our joy. What God has given us to enjoy is temporary. But on the other hand, what God has given us, not to enjoy, but what God has given us for peace 
is eternal. Think about all of the things that God has given us to enjoy. All of those things are temporary. But what God has given us that gives us peace is eternal. Eternal. Salvation. Eternity with, with God in heaven. A, a secure salvation. All of those things. Give us peace. Those are eternal. The promises of God. They are eternal. And those things bring us peace. And so, much like the last statement I asked you, write down, write this one down too. If I were to lose what I enjoy, I don't have to lose my joy. If I were to lose what I enjoy, I don't have to lose my joy. If I lose something that God has given me to enjoy, it's right. It's okay for us to feel sadness. It's okay for us to feel Anger, to feel lost, to feel hurt. It's okay for us to grieve. Jesus wept at the death of His friend Lazarus. Nothing is wrong for us to, to have those emotions. I'm not talking about Robotville. I'm just saying that, that when we lose something that is temporary, that God has given us to enjoy, we don't have to lose our joy. But listen, a loss of joy or a hopelessness should never be an emotion that we allow to take root and may it be a red flag that is waving at us that is screaming at us when we begin to become hopeless when we begin to be joyless that we are making things that God has given us to enjoy ultimate things of our joy listen we can grieve the loss we can be sad. We can, we can struggle with the separation of, of losing whatever that thing is, whether that be a friend, whether that be a family member, a job, a, 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 a hope that you had that, that this world was going to bring you. We can grieve those things, but may they never lead us to a hopelessness or a joylessness. And listen, they will come. They will be temptations that will come. But listen, we cannot let them take root. Once they take root, then what's going to happen? It's going to dig down deep. It's going to grab a hold. And then it's going to start growing. And then it's going to start growing what? It's going to start growing fruit of anger and bitterness and joylessness. Cynicism. And so we've got to have this we have to have this understanding. I believe as Christians we need this this biblical understanding of, 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 of how, do we, how do we go through difficult seasons? How do we go through the loss of things that we enjoy? And listen, this is a, this is a, separate, this is a separate conversation. Not, I want to be real cautious here. I'm not, I'm not talking about grief of a, lo, of a, of a loved one. Much much deeper that, that, that I'm not really discussing here. Um, so I want to I be, be real cautious here and not try to think I know how to grieve. Because we've had a lot of loss in our community, um, people we love here recently. But, but I'm talking about 
things that we enjoy, just daily things that, that, uh, that God has given us to enjoy. I believe that we need to have a biblical perspective of how, how to lose those things, but not lose our joy. Okay? So let's look at the text again. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Paul says this, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith. This is, this is a, a beautiful gift that, that those of us who call ourselves believers in Jesus Christ, children of God, we have been declared right with God by the faith that we have placed in Jesus Christ. Not only that, he says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with Him, not because of anything that we have done, but because of everything that Jesus Christ has done on the cross and being risen from the grave. Listen to this, verse 2. We also have, have obtained access through Him, through Jesus Christ, by faith. We have access to God in heaven through Jesus Christ by faith and into this grace we, in which we stand. And we rejoice. Uh, some translations will say this. We, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in this confident assurance of our salvation in Jesus Christ. We rejoice that, that one day when my eyes close in this world, they will open up in eternity with God. We rejoice in that. We, uh, we, 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 we boast about that. Listen, at one time we used to fall short of the glory of God, and now we boast and we rejoice in the glory of God. Listen, all of that is, that's, that's natural, right? That, that doesn't, listen, if, if, if we struggle rejoicing over our eternal salvation, then, then there's, a, there's something else going on there. That, that should be a, a natural overflow of our, of our salvation in Christ. But let me share with you what's coming next is not natural. What's coming next is supernatural. can only be done by the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So look at what Paul says. Verse 3, and not only that, not only are we rejoicing in the, in the hope that we have of our eternal salvation in Jesus Christ, not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions. Oh. We rejoice in our afflictions. Church, have you had any afflictions today, this week, since about mid-February in the last two years, three years, five? Have you, have you had any afflictions? The Apostle Paul has the, the boldness to say to us, we also rejoice. Listen, Paul's not, Paul's not giving us a, he's not only giving us a testimony of his life, he's definitely doing that, but he is also giving us instruction of how we can have this, this unbelievable hope that gives us joy and gives us peace. He says, in our affliction, uh, afflictions, this is not only what Paul does, but he's saying this is what we do as believers who have hope in our eternal salvation. 
we rejoice in our afflictions. And you say, man, that, that's impossible, Russ. You don't, you don't know what my afflictions have, be, have been. I don't know. But I do know that God's Word is true from Genesis to Revelation. And I do know that the Apostle Paul has been through, at this point in his life, more afflictions than any of us could go through. And I do know that when God says something that seems impossible for us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, He makes it possible. So Paul says, but we also rejoice in our afflictions. Why is that, Paul? Oh, Paul's looking back with 2020 vision. Because we know, I love this, because we know that affliction struggles, trials in our life, loss of the things that God has given us to enjoy. Affliction produces, it's, it's doing a work inside of us. What type of work? It produces endurance. It, it produces the ability to say, man, I just quit. I throw my arms up. I'm done with it. It produces that type of endurance. What does rejoicing in your affl- uh, afflictions? But not only that, endurance produces proven character. Not just character that is claimed by the character, but Proven character. That, that we can go through some afflictions and we can endure those afflictions and now we have proven character. But not only that, and proven character, here we go, produces hope. Here's what Paul is saying. When we rejoice in our afflictions, it produces an unbelievable assurance in the, in the faithfulness of God Almighty. Paul is saying this, if I would not have gone through those afflictions, if I would not have endured, if I would not have, have stayed up underneath it, literally, and if my character would not have been proven, I would not have the hope in Jesus Christ or in the faithfulness of God Almighty that I have today. And listen, oh, I gotta, I gotta say this the way I, read it, the way I wrote it down. We will never have the confident assurance of God's faithfulness like the Apostle Paul or like Peter or like John or name your Bible character as long as we are unwilling to allow afflictions to mature us in Christ. Did you hear that? We will never have... You know, we, we look at Paul and we go, man, that guy is incredible. How did he have that type of hope? How did he have that type of confident assurance in God's faithfulness? He went through the afflictions, not just once, not twice, not three times, but multiple times. And he didn't throw his hands up. He didn't quit when, when it got difficult. He didn't quit when, when he had loss of things that, that he enjoyed. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul says it this way, I have had plenty and I have had nothing and I've learned to be content in both. How could Paul say that? Because he knows that in the loss or in nothing at all, he has Jesus Christ. And he has the hope, the confident assurance in the faithfulness of God. And proven character produces hope. And here's the best part. This hope will not disappoint us. 
Anybody disappointed this week? Little? <laughs> it's like, oh, like, this hope will not disappoint us. Rejoicing in hope. How do we do that? We rejoice in our afflictions. I don't know what you normally do in your afflictions, but my first response is not rejoicing. Am I the only one? Was this message just for me? I don't... My first response is not to rejoice. This is why I said, this is supernatural. This only comes by having the Holy Spirit indwelling inside of us. And then, listen, it still doesn't come naturally. It comes from us crying out to God, God, I don't understand why I'm losing this thing that You have given me to enjoy. I don't know why, why, why this struggle, why this affliction is taking place. I don't know why... You, you fill in the blank, but I don't know why it's happening, but, but God, will you help me to see that I can rejoice in this because by rejoicing in this, you will increase my confidence and my assurance that you are faithful. God, I can go through this. Not because I have the ability, but I can go through this because you are faithful, because you are true. This hope will not disappoint us. Why, Paul? Why do you say that? Because God's love has been poured out in your hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Let me ask you, are we experiencing, are you experiencing this incredible rejoicing? Or does it need to grow in your life? Or does it need to start in your life? Do you have this triumphant sense of victory in your gut right now? Do you have a triumphant sense of victory in your gut right now? Or do you have, a, have an unbelievable sense of loss, like you just kicked in the gut? Paul unbelievably modeled this. In 2 Corinthians 12.9, he uses almost the exact same wording in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Look at what he says. But he, being Jesus, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. This is Jesus speaking to the Apostle Paul. For my power is perfected in weakness. Speaking to the Apostle Paul. But listen, Jesus Christ is speaking to you and I today. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is perfected in weakness. And then listen to what Paul says. Therefore I will most, will most gladly boast all the more about my weakness. So that Christ's power may reside in me. Because God's grace is sufficient for us, His power is perfected in our weakness. We will boast all the more about our weakness, and we have a lot to boast about. So that Christ may reside in us. Listen, we can rejoice. We can boast in suffering 
Because it is the path to spiritual maturity and glory. That's what we see all throughout Scripture. I believe the great saints of God all agree with that statement. You ask Abraham, and he will direct your attention to the sacrifice on Mount Moriah. You ask Jacob, and he will tell you about his stone pillow. You ask Joseph, and he'll tell you about the dungeon. Ask Moses, and he'll remind you of his trials with Pharaoh. Ask Job, and he'll tell you how he lost everything God gave him to enjoy, and yet he was still able to worship him. You give, Job says this, you give and you take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen, you want to read a book of the Bible on a theology of suffering, on a theology of of rejoicing in God through our afflictions, read the book of Job. Listen, David. David believes that spiritual maturity and glory comes through suffering. David would tell you that his songs came in the night, uh, in the dark seasons. The Psalms that we read about in, in God's Word, they came in the dark seasons of his life. Peter will speak of his denial. John will tell you about being exiled on the island of Patmos. Jesus will tell you about the cross. Listen, bitter, I'm sorry, blessings are often poured out in bitter cups. Let me say that again. Blessings are often poured out in bitter cups. And when we reject the bitter cups, when we curse the bitter cups, when we shake our fist at the bitter cups, we miss the blessings. We will miss some of the greatest blessings that God has for us. Lord willing, next week, I want to talk about how, how, how we are to lament the loss of things that God has given us to enjoy. Because listen, if we're going to come to an understanding that God has given us things to enjoy, but they're not to ever become the ultimate source of our joy, then here's what's going to happen. We're going to start to see, we're going to start to see that we've been, we have misplaced hope. And so what, what, is, what is the correct way to lament that? But I want to leave you with this text. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that's going to be revealed to us. For I consider, Paul says, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that's going to be revealed to us. Hey, listen. Do you have a hope, a future hope of eternity with God in heaven? That's where our focus is at. That's where our ultimate joy is at. That's where our ultimate peace is at. It's not in the temporary things of this world that shift uh, like, like sand. Paul says, oh, I, I consider these present, present sufferings not even worth comparing. It's nothing compared to what we're going to get to joy for all eternity. May we have an eternal perspective and not an earthly perspective.
perspective on what we're going through. Amen. Thank you for joining us for worship at FBC Farwell. If you made a decision for Christ, please let us know by contacting Pastor Russ at russ at fbcfarwell.org. We would love to connect with you and walk alongside you in your faith journey. We have some great resources to send you that will help you grow in your faith. As we close, I want to say thank you for listening today. If God leads you to give to the ministry of FBC Farwell, you can text FBC Farwell to the number 77977. Thank you for your generosity.